young people have it figured out. Us, we don't realize it yet. We still think as business owners, as employers, that you have to go to college, that you have to have a degree, that you have to have that thing, that piece of paper. Young people realize they don't. They're getting real world experience. They're starting trades. They're getting out there and working and they're developing ways to help you as a business owner. And man, that is exciting for me to see. And I think it uh, is, is the next wave. And so we're going to talk about that next. Carrie Deeks, next. The heat is on. Let's get cooking. This is Purpose Under Pressure. It's brought to you by the Ruby Group Sandler Sales Training, serving sales professionals nationwide from their Akron and Columbus, Ohio locations. Also in Jacksonville, Florida, they are one of the highest performing Sandler sales training affiliates in the nation. If you're not familiar with Sandler, you need to be. And if you're not familiar with the Ruby Group, you will be when you start because they are doing it right. They're going to be able to help you with it and to make a difference for you and for your sales team. Check them out online at therubygroup.sandler.com. This is Purpose Under Pressure, and we're excited that you're here, and I'm excited to introduce to you to someone who resonates with kind of everything I worry about and think about for our future, and that's about kids, it's about young professionals, it's about what's next. This show is going to be fun. Carrie Deeks, Sales and Operations Director at Core Support Partners, Welcome to Purpose Under Thank Pressure. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first podcast experience. So I'm so Mine excited. too. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> See? See? We're in this boat that. together. <laughs> <laughs> Takes the pressure off. You're going to do great. Yeah, there's no pressure here. That's for sure. There's only, what, 100,000 or so people. Yeah, give or take. <laughs> in this county. I mean, how many, how, what kind of a problem can there be? Carrie, I'm excited that you're on the show because I've got a little bit of a, of a, a, a beef to pick with society and the world. Yeah. And I think we put too much pressure on our students, on our kids. Geez, even five years old playing soccer in Michigan and travel teams and stuff. Like we just, we want so much out of our kids and our young people and we force them to make decisions. Sometimes they're not ready to make decisions. I think most times they're not ready to make decisions. And yet us old folks can't get out of our own way to help people make uh, the right decisions and do the right things. I want to talk about that, Carrie. First, just real quick, tell me about your position now and tell me what you're doing with Core Support Partners. And then we're going to dive into how we got there. And it's going to be a great story. I just started this new role here in June. So I had a commercial banking background. So I'd been working for a bank, local bank here for about eight and a half years up until June. And so this was an opportunity, a customer of mine from the bank, I tricked them into liking me enough to want to bring me over to their side. So they approached me yep. maybe about October last year, about a year ago or so and asked if I'd be interested in jumping ship. So here I am, I'm the sales and operations director for Core Support Partners. And what I'm doing right now is really trying to get out into you know, the local markets, Medina, Wadsworth, Akron, a little bit of Cleveland for now, and just letting people know what we're doing, what, what we offer businesses. And what that is, is anything a business needs to operate on the back end of things. So, I mean, you could own a hair salon, you can own a pizza company, you can own a CPA firm. In some facet, you, you all need those same things. You need a, a bookkeeper, you need HR, you need IT in some way, shape or form. And so all these companies have that in common. And so what we do is we offer kind of like a one-stop shop for companies to come to us. We can provide those services, fill those gaps that you may or may not already have. And then it, it just makes your life a little more streamlined and lets you go out and do the things you're supposed to be doing with your business and not have to worry about the back end stuff. 
it's interesting that every business owner thinks that they know what they're doing and so they can just start a business and they're really good at that one thing. But there's 15 other things that have to be done as well that they're probably not good at and they need sometimes to realize that they need support. And so that's kind of what you're able to help. So what? let's talk about purpose. Carrie, what about you lines up with this job? What What's your purpose when you swing your feet up out of bed in the morning and get going? And how is this job, this new role, helping to, to support that? So everything I do is, you know, for my family, for my kids, I think we can all agree on that. It's, I personally like to be recognized and appreciated for the things I do. So every day I'm just trying to get up and I want to do the best I can. I want to get out there and, and just make my bosses happy, do what they, what I, what I can to make them appreciate that they have me on their team. But then for me personally too, it's, it's just providing for my family. It's, it's being the best version of me for my kids, for my husband, for, for myself internally. Like I, I just hold myself to a, a very high regard, a high standard. And sometimes I let myself down and I put that pressure on myself internally and drive myself bonkers, but it's something to always strive to be better. And so that's, that's me every morning. It's just, I, I want to be a better version of me. Why? What drives you to be better? It's not, it's not the case with everybody. Lots of folks just get up and go to work and they do their thing and they come home. What drives you to be better? I have this problem where I, 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 it's a problem. I, I don't like when people think less of me than I feel that they should. So whether that's, um, personal relationships, whether that's in business, I, I hold myself here and I want people to see that I hold myself here. And if they don't think I'm there, I want to make sure they, they know that I, I am. It's kind of like, it is, it's a problem. I don't know why I am that way. I think that's to prove to myself, regardless of you know, how I grew up. I didn't always have, I grew up in a trailer. We were, my parents did the best they could for me and my brother, but we did not have it all. We grew up very poor. Just having that kind of eating at me as a child, just always thinking people were like looking down on me because of where I lived. I had to prove myself. I had to prove that I was better than that. And so it's just been this constant thing for my entire life, just proving that I'm not the person that they think I am because of my background. So, and showing off that you can help people along the way while Absolutely. you're doing it and you can, you can, so the, the past career, and we're going to kind of back into the, the pressures here, the past career in banking, did it allow you to be better? Did it allow you to serve your purpose? And, and if, if so, or if not, why the change? I think it did. And you know what? I didn't even start banking because I thought I would be good at banking. I, I didn't know what banking even was. It was like one of these things where I, out of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, college is shoved down everybody's throat from a, from a very young, even starting in like middle school, you're expected to go. It's just, it's, it's a non-negotiable. Sure they put you on that track, yeah, don't it, they? They say, they say you're going to go to college and you're going to do something yeah. else. And that something else is always like, well, what? And it's flipping burgers or, or, or something. It's like, yeah. wait, I'm sorry I no. interrupted, but that's, you just hit a, a strong note on me. I, we need to let kids know that they can do anything they want to do. They don't have to go to college. Absolutely. And that it's, it's expected. It's, it's a question that they come to you with, where are you going to school? It, it's just implied. And yeah, right. that sets you up automatically to feel like, well, I wasn't, maybe I wasn't planning on going to college. So that makes you feel like you're letting someone down right then and there. When really, if we approached it, like, what are you doing after school? 
that's that's a whole different question. That's a that's a very approachable question that can leave it open for kids to say, "I'm going to be a burger flipper." There's nothing wrong with that, and uh, there's there is nothing absolutely wrong nothing with wrong that. with that because you know what that is? That's teaching life skills. That's teaching how to be a team player. That's a job to get you from A to B until you figure out what you actually want to do. Because you know what? At yeah. 15, 16, 17, 18, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I I graduated high school, put myself into debt going to to Akron. And I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So here I am just like going through the motions because I felt like I had to, and I didn't have any other choice. And really, if we just take that time, you know, get, get a job somewhere. It doesn't matter where it's at. It could be at a mall. It could be, you know, sweeping up hair at a hair salon. It could be anything just to make money. It could be, it it can be career education, which a lot of times people paint in in a bad position and then they shouldn't. I'm interested. So your purpose, so let's talk about pressure here. If your purpose is to do better, and you get slid into a path that isn't right for you, which kind of sounds perhaps that way. I'm just, I, I'm expected yeah. to do this. Does that, doesn't that force you to be great at something you really kind of don't want to be yeah. great at? And how, how pressure is that? I, and you're right. It's, it's not something that you tell yourself you're going to do, but you feel like you have to do it. So here you are going to, to school and, you know, I didn't finish school to be honest. So I, I took a break and I, I went for a semester to Akron, took a break. I worked for my husband's sister's daycare center for a while. A couple of years went by, I went back for some more credits and I, I still haven't finished. And it's like one of those things where I, I kept going back because I felt like I had to. I felt like there was societal pressure. There was pressure within the bank where I worked. They would ask me like, you know, what's your degree and where did you go to school? I didn't. So I felt like I still had to continue to do that just so I could answer that question with an actual answer. <laughs> and I felt like I was not the being the best version of myself because I didn't finish. And so it's putting this unnecessary pressure on me, on on people like me. There I'm, you know, I'm not the only one in this boat. There's so many people I went to school with who also were in that same boat, didn't finish school. One of my best friends from the bank, she's in the same boat. She never finished, but she is so successful in her own right and what she's doing now. And it's just you can be successful without having that check mark on a resume. Let's explore that a little deeper. You said, I'm not being the best version of myself. It's deeper than that. Can, can you go back and remember how it made you feel when people said, where's your degree? Didn't you finish? Yeah. Tell me more than I'm not my best version of myself, because I think that's not what you were thinking then. For me, that question just always hit a nerve. It was almost like a, I knew it was coming and I still never had a good answer for it. I, I, I never had something prepared for that question because it always just triggered me. But I felt like because I didn't finish or because I didn't, you know, go to school and especially because I didn't have something that I was going to school for, I was just going for, you know, business management is very broad. It wasn't like a nursing or very specified degree. I just felt like I didn't have that like trail that I was supposed to be blazing. And so here I am, I'm doing the thing that I'm expected to do but to no avail, like there's, there's no benefit for it for me other than going into debt and being able to tell people I'm in school. But when people would ask me that, I'd say, well, I, I didn't finish yet. And it just makes you feel less than, and that's not fair. That's not a fair, it's not a fair question to ask people. And it's not, it shouldn't make me feel that way. There's plenty of people that don't even start college until they're 40, 50. You see that all the time. But yeah. why does society make you feel that? 
I can't answer that. I don't know. And I, I guess I still kind of feel icky that I haven't finished and because that is an expectation. But I do feel very happy for the kids that are going through school now because I do feel like that that culture has shifted a little bit. And so I have nieces and nephews who are in high school now and trades are huge. So there, there's not that huge pressure anymore. It's like you can go to the JBS, you can go learn a trade, you can go learn a skill and be super successful and pull in six figures right out of high school. You know, so I'm yeah. glad that they're teaching yeah. that now and making them feel like there are options. Me too. Yeah, it's it's so important. And and when when I was growing up, that was career education was where we said those kids go. Like yeah. these kids go to college. Yeah. Those kids. And there's a and stigma. That is so flat out blatantly yeah. wrong. And and it yeah, exactly. It's a stigma and, and it's uh, it needs to change. And I think it's starting to change, but it needs to change like immediately. Yeah. And and faster than a lot of other things in society change. And it's, it's on old people like us to to get it done because this next generation understands. But still, we're still running things, yeah. and uh, and we need to get it through our thick heads that that it doesn't. I'm interested in the now. Kind of, so, what did you do? What did you do? Help people that are in that spot. What did you do to overcome? You said it's icky. I still feel icky. What did you do to say no? I got this. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be a professional in the banking industry, in the financial industry, I'm going to be something greater. I'm going to serve my purpose. I'm not going to feel like you anymore. How'd you get over that? Hurdle? So, I, I mean, I guess it's still in the back of my mind, but you know what? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I got into banking. I don't even know how that happened. It was just like an entry level thing. I started at Chase Bank and I got in and I found that I was good with people and people told me I was good with people and that felt good. I was getting recognized for doing something well. So here I am. I kind of worked my way through Chase. I was there for a few years, ended up at First Merit for a short bit and then ended up at this this community bank that I just recently left. And I was there for eight and a half years. And I worked my way from a teller just in the local branch to there's a couple layers, levels of that teller position. And then I went into our credit department, which for those that don't know, it's kind of like the the back end of the lending um, department. So they make sure, you know, financials, you, make sure you make enough money to pay back the loan that you're wanting. So I was in that department for a short bit before going over into our commercial deposit treasury management department. And so I just, I got really good at that. I got really good at that thing. And I, again, I worked myself up. So there were a couple different layers to the position I was in for the past five-ish years. And I, I was getting recognized by my colleagues. I was getting recognized from customers who just, I serviced them well. I did a really good job helping them unroot problems that they had, fix the problems that they had, fill gaps with services that they needed. And so becoming good at a thing. It doesn't matter if it's banking. It doesn't matter what the thing is, but becoming good at the thing and being able to help people and that coming back on you tenfold just feels good. It, it, it helped me realize that, hey, I don't have that you know bachelor's degree that some of my colleagues have, but I'm still able to do the same thing that they're doing well, get recognized for it and be successful with it. Help a, a uh, an employer, if they're listening now, help them to understand why they may want to look past that entry on the application that says, where did you attend school and what was your highest yeah. degree? Every resume has that little yep. column. Helps them to understand why that might not be the most important thing to I look at. I think that these skills are are teachable. So like to go to school, you're learning, you're learning, you're learning, but you're learning based on a book. To be in, thrown into a circumstance or to a job where you're getting experience with real people, with real scenarios, that can't be taught in a classroom. So you might have a degree on paper, but to have one-on-one -on -one interactions with human people who have problems and have real life issues and you're able to walk them through, you know, steps to fix that or just learning whatever the thing is, real hands-on experience, 
you can't teach that well. Like you to immerse yourself into that and to learn things through experience. Experience means so much more to me. And I, I, I would hope that for employers, it would the same. So whether you're looking at it, that resume and you're seeing like, you know, a couple years of experience in whatever field it is versus a degree, I feel like that experience should should mean so much more to that employer. And I'm, I'm we're currently hiring actually a bookkeeper for the company I'm working for now. And we'll look at their resumes. And if they don't have that bookkeeping experience, even though they might have a degree in bookkeeping, that's fine. But if they don't have the experience that they've lived it, they know the systems, we're, we're not looking at that, that candidate. So I feel like on paper, it is nice to have a degree, but the experience is, is very important. on the rule only decision makers can get other people to make decisions each and every day we have a decision to make also when we're with buyers in our sales process we have a decision to make how we're going to lead that interaction and if i'm somebody that can make daily commitments and keep those daily commitments then when i'm with buyers i expect them to make commitments and keep those commitments to me throughout that sales process so first and foremost i have to have a decided heart in order to lead other people to make the decisions that I'm expecting them to make. I'll, I'll tell a quick story. I'm not even sure about college education, but in my former job at, at Spire Marketing, uh, Spire mm-hmm. Advertising, um, we, we had a position open for a bookkeeper and I was part of the hiring team and we needed someone that understood bookkeeping. Sure. And so everybody applied and we took the ones that are best at bookkeeping. The fourth best person, we said, look, she's a rock star. She's amazing. She is part of this team. We have to hire her, but she has zero bookkeeping Mm -hmm. experience. (laughs) And Jeremy, the owner of the company said, well, you know, I want the best people on the team. Let me at least meet her. She has skyrocketed into leadership on that team because she is so amazing. We can teach bookkeeping. That's not a criticism on bookkeeping, but you can teach those skills. If if you're a rock star inside, man, find those rock stars. If you're an employer, find those rock stars and let them shine. I'm interested in... If you had to do it all over again, because college does offer a lot of experience and a lot of different opportunities, but you were kind of forced to fail. You were kind of led down a path that wasn't right for you and it just wasn't going to work. And you ended up not making it through. If success is graduating, you didn't succeed at that. Are you glad you went? Or if you had to do it all over again, would you have just completely missed the entire thing? Knowing what I know now, I would not have gone at all. What would you have done instead? I think exactly what I did on the side. So, you know, like you, you get a job. I, I worked at this daycare for a couple of years. So whether it was that or it's something else, whatever the case may be. Again, I didn't know at 18 when I graduated high school what I wanted to do with my life. I, I didn't have an idea of what I was good at. I, I knew like, you know, I had okay grades and, you know, I was a cheerleader in school. I was good at that. And I liked that. But like those, that's not something I can do in the real world. So how does that translate? What do I find that I'm good at that kind of like use those people skills that I knew I had? I didn't know that. So again, if I did not, if I could do it over again and not go to school, not waste money, not waste my time, yeah. I would just, I would start again with a job, whatever that job might be until I got experience and something to figure out exactly what path I wanted to take. So and I, again, I don't know if that was banking. Fine. That was something my husband actually was like, Hey, this bank's hiring. Why don't you look into that? You know, you're not going to do daycare for the rest of your life. And you know that, but we don't know what you want to do. So why don't you try this? And so I did and the rest was history, but I would not go to school if I could redo it and know what I know now at 33 versus what I knew at 18. 
So the rest is not history. The rest is actually the future and it's coming up. And so I'm interested in the next pressures that are going to come along. And I'm interested in specifically, do you think you'll be held back at all with the fact that you don't have a degree or do you feel unlimited to be able to blaze your own path? Where do you think the pressures will come as you continue to grow as a person and live out? your? You know, there probably are um, opportunities that would come in front of me at some point that a degree will probably hinder me. Um, And maybe that's just not the right fit then. You know, I I know that there are things out there that do not require a degree on paper. Um, So it might be that I come across something like that. And yeah, it might stink because I might feel like it is a good step for me. But if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. Pressure wise for me going forward. So I've shifted from the banking world into this new sales role. So at the bank, I I was basically a relationship manager. I I managed people who were existing customers of the bank, helped them. And that's right, I onboarded new customers too. But um, I really helped the people that were already a client of ours. And I, I helped them with whatever service they needed. So for me now in this new role to shift into more of a sales role that's new to me, even though I shameless plug to Sandler Sales, I did go through Sandler through the bank that I was at before this. They're wonderful and they've taught me a lot and I'm actually using a lot of those Sandler principles in my new role here. Less expensive than college. (laughs) Absolutely. And you learn a lot more. (laughs) Absolutely, yes, absolutely. So in this new sales role, I guess the pressures for me or the, the, the challenges I might face is figuring out what sales strategy works for me. Because, yeah, and somebody told me this, I, I met with a mentor a couple of weeks ago, an old colleague of mine from Chase. And I was like, you know, what? I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm going to be good at this. She's like, well, how are you doing it? So I told her what I had been doing since I started this new role in June. And I let her know I had been emailing just anyone I could think of. I'm sending an email off and I'm trying to make it personal because, you know, we all get those spam emails from people that feel icky. They're they're not personalized. Yeah. So I'm saying, hey, so-and-so, like, do you remember me from, you know, this role that I was in? Well, here's what I'm doing now. And I've probably sent 200, 250 emails in a couple months and maybe gotten 25 back. And so I know (laughs) from Sailor, from, you know, sales is tricky. You're not going to strike... And you're not going to do well with every single one. They're not all going to be yeses. There are going to be a lot of no's before you get a yes. This mentor that I met with said, Carrie, people like you for you. People like you because they're meeting you in person. They like your personality. They know you're a rock star. They're not getting that through an email if they've never met you before in person. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Haley, <laughs> you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. Like I can't send an email and expect them to be like, wow, Carrie's great. They don't know Carrie. So I'm finding that maybe my challenge going forward is to figure out how to take me and get it to the people in a, an efficient way, in a, in a good way. So whether that's knocking on doors and cold calling people, I don't know if that's it, but I, I want to get in front of as many people and let them know who I am, what I'm doing and get them like the authentic me versus a, a very typed up email. Yeah. The, the, the hardest part in, in my 32 years of sales, the hardest by far, the hardest part is getting in front of people who, who you feel you can help. The easiest part if you're real, if you're authentic, if you're even semi-knowledgeable about what you do, if they trust you, then it's all easy from there. And you're able to fulfill your purpose. You're able to help people. Uh, The hardest part is getting in front. It's not going to change for you or anybody else ever. But being willing to put yourself out there. smiling and as long as you keep trying, just keep on going. Don't because you have something to help someone with. And so you don't ever quit. That's I think that's the entire motto of sales. I have something I can help somebody with. And so I'm not going to stop. Until I, until he, you know, until they tell me, just look, no. And, and it's okay, okay to go for so, no. Carrie, if someone, oh, go for <laughs> no. There's a, there's a whole world that it, that uh, agrees with that as well. Carrie, if someone wants to reach out to you, if their business could use the services, 
that you provide. Uh, maybe they even are inspired by you or want to say, hey, don't quit ever, girl, go Love get it. I don't care what it is. How would someone reach out to you? And talk you to can you? do a, an inquiry through our website. It's coresupportpartners.com. I'm always, I'm on LinkedIn. It's just Carrie Deeks, K-A-R-I-D-E-E-K-S. My email address is kdeeks at coresupportpartners.com. So if you want to meet for coffee, you know, the way to my heart is food. I can do coffee. I can do food. It doesn't matter. I, I would love to meet just to talk. Like I said, I'm not a pushy salesperson. I just want to make these connections with people, get to know them. And then when the timing's right, if there's something that I can help as far as a service goes, I just want to be at the forefront of people's minds when, when that time comes. So that's all I ask. Calling all salespeople and business <laughs> leaders who have ever been in the position where someone else wouldn't give them a chance. Love that. Give Carrie a call. Because who knows what happens when you do. So pay that forward a little bit, if you will. And anybody who's looking to hire people or to help young people find their purpose, look past that education. Look past that degree. Find something that helps. This world is really hard to find good employees. And so let's not hinder ourselves. Let's find hardworking people like Carrie and so many others. Let's not force them down a path. Let's allow them to make up their minds on how they want to serve this world. And let's help them do it. That's our job as, as old people. And let's let the young people take over. And so, Carrie, that's my, my uh, I knew I'd get up on that, that, uh, that stool, that bandbox. <laughs> that soapbox. Thanks for letting me. You, you, you pushed a couple of buttons today, and I appreciate that. And thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing your story. And I appreciate you being of on Of course. Pop, uh, thank you so pleasure. much for having me. Thanks for giving me a, a platform to speak on and, and doing that for other people, too. We all appreciate you so much. So you're doing good things out here. You're great. Thanks, Thanks Brian. That's Carrie Deeks, Sales and Operations Director at Core Support Partners, my guest on Purpose Under Pressure. It's brought to you by the Ruby Group Sandler Sales Training. We gave them a couple of plugs here today, didn't we? Sellers are under pressure to perform. Sandler helps you succeed on purpose. Carrie's a, a, a direct example of that. I've had some Sandler experience too. They teach you how to do it right. I would go there. You'll find all past episodes of Purpose Under Pressure at brianmediastrategies.com slash podcast and wherever you stream your podcasts. We do this every week and we will see you next time on Purpose.